welcome to another life-changing message. I'm ready for a word. Man, I was wrestling all week, praying, fasting, seeking the Lord. And the Lord gave me a word a few days ago, and it just erupted in my spirit. And I knew that it was a prophetic word for the house and for a lot of people who are going to be here. If you have your Bible, open up to Acts, the 10th chapter. Acts, the 10th chapter. We're going to go deep today. How people are ready to go deep. I promise I can't teach like your pastor, but I can preach. So if I see the teaching not working, I'm like, and God said, yeah. Um, he needs to lay hands on me and part that teaching anointing. Acts, the 10th chapter. We're going to start reading from verse 9. Verse 9, Acts, the 10th chapter, verse 9. Here's what it says. I'm actually reading from the New King James Version because I'm kind of old school like that. It says, the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready he fell into a trance can I just stop right here just for one moment as I read this a revelation hit my spirit and God told me there's certain things that you can never get from heaven until you get hungry some of you want revelation but you're not hungry you want God to move in you, but you're not hungry. The Bible says as soon as Peter got hungry, then God was able to speak to him. How many hungry folk do I have in the house? Oof. It says this. He fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, eat and kill. But Peter said, not so, Lord. Hold on. Peter knew this was God. And he still was disobeying. say not so whoever this is he said not so God for I have never eaten anything common or unclean and the voice spoke to him again and said a second time what God has called clean you must not call common I like the way the passion version says it it says what God has declared clean let no one call unclean this was done three times, and the object was taken up to heaven again. May God bless the reading of his word. I want to preach a sermon entitled, I Am Clean. I preach a sermon entitled, I Am Clean. I think, I think over the last um, 100 years, as the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement has grown in the church and has grown in the body of Christ, we have mistaken in some of our preaching and teaching by 
um, pushing a holiness message that is lacking in depth. And the depth that the whole holiness message is lacking is the revelation that you don't have to work to get clean because Jesus already made you clean. One of the mistakes that we've made in the last 100 years is that we've relegated holiness by what we look like. We've relegated holiness to how we look on the outside, but we have not made it something that is an internal work done by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what we do is we, we get caught up in this, there's this dichotomy, there's this fight in the body of Christ between grace and between truth and we can't marry the two concepts, but only in marrying the two concepts can you have Jesus. Because the Bible says Jesus was filled with grace and truth. So in order to get the fullness of who Jesus is, we need to marry these two concepts of grace and truth. And when the body starts declaring, making it known that I don't see myself as a dirty sinner anymore. I don't see myself as a failure anymore. I don't see myself as a mistake anymore. But I'm clean. Then what happens is you get to walk into the fullness of everything God has for you. Only a revelation that you're clean can allow you to walk in the fullness of what God's destined you to walk into. Only a revelation that you've been washed can allow you to walk into that. So can I tell you, can I give you my, my three points, my three things? Is that cool with everyone? Here's the first thing God told me to tell you. He says, in order to stay clean and be clean, you have to war with your words, not your works. We got a lot of people, they're warring with their works and they're not warring with their words. When the devil, when the devil came and attacked Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus did not. And you know what the, we know what the devil said to Jesus when he first appeared to Jesus? He says, if you are. Because the devil will always try to make you question who God's made you to be. He wants you to question your identity. Right? It's so funny. If you are the son of God, turn the, this, this stone into bread. You know what Jesus did? Jesus did not try to challenge the devil with works. He did not try to challenge the devil with, let me prove to you I'm something that I am. No. The next thing Jesus does is he uses the word. And he goes, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out the mouth of God. See, when the devil challenges you, your only offensive weapon is the sword, which is the work. See, not works. Works are not going to win against the devil. Doing will never give you victory over Satan. What gives you victory over the enemy time and time again is when you start confessing the word. When the enemy comes with sickness, works won't bring healing. When the enemy comes with all types of bondage, you will not win by trying to 
work your way out of it. You got to start speaking your way out of it. Take the battle out of your mind and put it in your mouth and watch your victory come. Watch your miracle come. Watch your breakthrough come. Watch God shift it around for you because you decided to use your words. I'm letting my words do the work. I'm going to let my words do the work. Instead of trying to work my way into this, I'm going to let my words bring me into victory. Oh, do I have any victorious people up in here? Even, even in Revelation chapter 12, where the accuser comes down, the Bible says he's cast down to the earth. He starts accusing the people of God. He starts accusing them. You know how the devil accuses you. Tells you not good enough. You're just a sinner. Your parents made a mistake. You should just kill yourself. You're not good enough. You don't deserve this. But when the accuser brings accusations, you know what the Bible says? How the saints overcame? They didn't do anything. They didn't work for it. The blood, Jesus did all the work. And here's the next thing. It says, by the blood, and what else? The word. The word of their testimony. Which shows me, your words have power to drive out devils. Not only your words, your testimony got power to drive out devils. Sometimes you need to replay what God did for you in your mouth so that you can move into the next level of victory. Some of you are not replaying what God did in your mouth enough. You got to start speaking. You got to be at your house and be like, no, I remember when I was broken, I had no money, and God came through for me. Some of y'all need to start speaking it. I remember when I was depressed, I wanted to commit suicide, and the Holy Ghost broke the chains. I remember when I was bound up. Start using your words. I'm not going to let the devil shut me up. I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let him put a gag order on me. No, 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 no. The way I remain in the fullness of what God's called me to do is using my words. Life and death is in the power of your tongue and you eat the fruit. Some of you are eating the fruit of rejection, pain, hurt, because that's what's coming out your mouth. But if you... If you want to walk in the fullness of what God has, start speaking his word over your life and watch everything turn around. How many people are going to start speaking the word? All right. This one really got me. Do you remember there was a woman with the issue of blood? How many people remember that story? That's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This woman, before she even touched Jesus' garments, the Bible says she spoke to herself. You know some of the best conversations are the ones you have with you? My wife is a witness. She talks to herself all the time. Yes, yeah, she does. To the point where I'm like, you said something? She's like, no, nah, I was just talking to myself. Amen. This woman had a conversation with herself. You see, you know the level of hunger and intensity that you're going to go after something by the way you talk about yourself and about your situation when you're alone. You know the level of breakthrough you're going to get by what you speak when you're by yourself. 
Because if you can say the right words when you're alone, you're going to get victory in public. Most of us are experts at using the right words when everyone else is around. We know how to say the right prayers. We know all the right religious wrote. But when we're alone, you start beating yourself up. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I'll never make it. I'll never be anything. The devil is a liar. You better start speaking life over yourself and declaring I'm more than a conqueror. Declaring the blood of Jesus has freed me. I'm no longer in chains. I'm no longer, come on somebody. Start using your word. So she uses her word, she goes, if I could just touch. She has a conversation with her. She goes, I know I'm dirty right now. Ceremonially unclean, ceremonially unclean according to the law. She was not even supposed to be around people. But you know, God will allow you to break the rules sometimes. Hunger allows you to break rules sometimes. Things that you were not supposed to step into because you're hungry, you can actually break rules because of hunger. You see, David was not supposed to go into the temple and get bread, but because he was hungry on a mission. There's some stuff that you were not even supposed to get, but because you're hungry, God says, I'm allow you to pull into this season what was meant for your future. Oh, I need about three people who are about to pull some blessings that were meant for 2021 until they're now because they're hungry for it. Lord, I want more. Yeah, I know that building was supposed to come in 2021, but I, I receive it now. I know that house was supposed to come five years from now, but I take it. I know. She touches the hem of his garment. She says, I'm clean. She touches the hem of his garment. Boom. Whatever she spoke became her reality. Honestly, I think it was her words that got her breakthrough more than her pressing. Yes. I think we always talk about the pressing or she pressed. No, no, I think it was her words. Because there was a bunch of people who were pressing on Jesus. They didn't get their miracle. They were touching him. But I don't think, I don't think it was her pressing. I think it was her words. How she affirmed this is going to happen. I don't care what happens. If I can just get close enough to touch him, I know. You want to stay in a cycle? Stop. Don't use your words. You want to be free from the cycle? Start using your words. All right. What, what's funny is the law says that anything that's unclean or anyone that's unclean that touches something that's clean literally becomes unclean. That's what the law says. But, but I said, hold on. This woman who's unclean touched Jesus. She became clean. And God told me, Jesus was far above the law. He was grace and truth. And so the law principles didn't apply to him. So something, something unclean could get near him, could touch him, and he won't become unclean. That thing will become clean. You see, that's why some of you, the closer you get to Jesus is the more you'll realize how clean you really are. Because you start rubbing up, you get a contact high. Oh yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember when I, oh, 
Some of y'all, I was in Jamaica. Can I tell y'all the story how I got a contact high in Jamaica? Yo, they smoke some different type of stuff. We were literally staying in the church next door. They must have been smoking like 70 blunts. Because I was like this. I started walking funny. I was like, Jesus. Wagwan, man. I'm not even Jamaican. I started speaking Patois. But that's what happens when you get close to Jesus. You get a contact high. He's so clean that when you start getting around him, you start everything that's dirt. He starts washing and, and you don't even realize the work that he's doing. He starts cleaning you up and washing. Oh boy. All right, let's, can, can we go to John chapter 13? John chapter 13. I want to look at a few verses here. I may have 24 minutes. This is literally like a four-part series. If I were to go through all the stuff that I have in my notes, I like axed out like half of the stuff because I want to finish at a decent time. Because I feel like there's an impartation that needs to happen in the house. And you have to be sensitive to the spirit. I just don't want to be preaching all day. And then people leave and they don't get what God has for them. I thought they were going to put it up on the screen. John, John chapter 13. Let me open up there. I thought it was going to be on the screen for me. Oh, was there? Okay. Um, can, we, can we look at verse... Oh, not that one. Okay. Let's look at verse... Verse 3. John 13, verse 3. This is one of my favorite verses here. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all, given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. Hold on. That first verse, like, that thing kind of blew my mind. Jesus is about to wash his disciples' feet. The scripture says Jesus already knew who he was. He knew where he was going. He knew what God called him to, so he was able to serve. The reason why people in their body are not able to serve is because they don't know who they are. The reason why people have a problem cleaning the bathroom and they want the mic. Because my first job was not on the mic. My first job was at my home church in Brooklyn cleaning the bathrooms. And every day sweeping the floor outside, literally. Yeah, because this is not the way to exaltation. That's the way... When you know who you are, you don't have a problem being given the lowest seat. You're like, I'm cool. I already know that I'm all of that. And some of you think that's pride. No, 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 that's not pride. I know who I am in God. Some of y'all, some of y'all mistaken someone with self-confidence with pride. No, it ain't pride. I know who God's called me to be. All right, can I get into this? Oh, okay, please. Okay, let's go. I'm sorry, guys. Can we go to the next verse? Okay, next verse. Uh, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter. This guy, man, he got a big mouth. He's just like me, right? And Peter said to him, Lord, why are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now. You see, he thought Jesus was just washing his feet, but this is, he didn't get the full picture of what Jesus was doing. This was a revelation that was beyond just Jesus washing his feet. 
but he couldn't get the full picture of the revelation. Because the revelation had nothing to do with feet washing. He thought it was just about Jesus washing his feet. No, no, no. It was deeper than that, but he couldn't get the full picture. Listen, this is what he says. Jesus says, what I'm doing, you do not understand, but you will after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Give me a full bath. Look what Jesus said to him. Here's where Jesus gives part of the understanding. He goes, Jesus said to him, he who was bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. And he says, not only are you talking about Judas, but I don't want to focus on that part. He says, no, no, no go, let's go back. I want, I want us to focus on this right here. Jesus is saying, Someone who's bathed, who's bathed, who takes a bath. In that culture, after people would bathe, they would usually bathe in a river. They would usually bathe somewhere where the area around it was dirty. They would, they would walk with sandals on their feet. So they could have been clean all over. But their feet, their feet weren't clean. What Jesus is saying is, Someone who's bathed is completely washed. They're clean. When Jesus comes in, he completely washes you. He completely does a complete work through the blood of Jesus to wash all of your sins, to wash all of your iniquities, to get rid of every shame, every pain, every hurt, every rejection. But there is something called residue that comes on your feet sometimes. There's sometimes you come out of the water of being cleansed and your feet get a little... Muddy. I love going to the beach, but I don't like going in the water. So what happens to me all the time, because I'll come with sandals, but I won't go in the water. Right, babe? I never go in, I don't like that joint, because it's, it's not for me. I go to a pool, I'm not going to the beach water. But, but what I do sometimes is I like to walk in my sandals. I just took a shower. So every part of me is clean, except my feet. So if I go into my car, my car would give me an indication that I'm not really clean because my feet. God says, you're completely clean, but life comes with residue. Sometimes it's something you see, something you hear in the news, some bad news that you hear. And God says, I am not only, not only did I clean you and wash you with the blood, even the residue I'm getting off in your life. Your feet literally represent your walk with God. It literally represents your walk with God. And there's sometimes as you walk in your purpose and your destiny, certain things get on your feet. And God says, even your walk, I'm about to clean in this season. Don't be like Peter. Oh, I, Lord, don't wash me. No, no, no. God, wash me from head to toe. I need a full. Your walk is about to change in this season. Because when you come to the revelation that you're already clean, you don't want any residue on you. When you come to a full picture, I've been cleaned by Jesus, you're like, nah, 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 I can't have this stuff. All right. Let me see. All right, let's go to the next point. I like this point. This is my favorite point. 
My second point is this. You've been washed for wealth. Uh, Y'all don't believe it. I'm going to say it one more time so the saints, all the saints could catch the revelation. You've been washed for wealth. Oh, only three people believe it. How many people believe that wealth and riches are in your house? Money is about to flow over you. And God didn't clean you up just so you could be broke. God didn't clean you up just so you can struggle. God didn't clean you up just so that you can be asking around. No, he, he cleans you up so that you can be a giver. He cleans you up so that you can be a lender. He cleans you up so that you can walk in destiny. He cleans you up so that you can own that business. Oh, I need about three people who know God I'm clean and washed for wealth I ain't gonna be cleaned up and broke the devil is a liar I'm washed and clean I came to the revelation of being clean and then I'm poor the devil is a liar now you've been washed so that you can be wealthy uh, can I prove it to you because you're like I don't see that in the Bible I don't know where that is I think you're making this up it's in the book Yo, can I bring you everywhere I go? <laughs> My Lord, she's like, yes! I'm like, yes! God. Hyping me up. <laughs> when you come to a revelation that you're clean, it starts changing your belief about what you deserve. You know, like when you feel like you're, you've messed up and you fail, oh God, I don't deserve anything, I don't deserve. But when you come to the revelation you're clean, you start saying, hold on, Jesus already made me clean. So why am I settling for this relationship? Why am I settling for living in this neighborhood? Why am I settling for a job that's a dead-end job that ain't going to bring me anywhere in life? Why am I settling not going back to school and finishing what God called me to finish? I'm not going to settle anymore because I'm clean. A lot of times we feel like we don't deserve. Hey, I had a kid out of wedlock. I don't deserve God's best. I didn't finish school. I don't deserve God's best. Oh, I messed up in this area. I have this mental attack. I have this generational curse. I don't deserve God's best. All I deserve is bad stuff. All I deserve is God's worst. All I deserve is to just live um, and be ostracized and, and, and never walk into the fullness of what God has for me. I messed up too much to get. No. You are clean. Yeah. Oh, I need you to look at yourself and say, I am clean. clean. When you're clean, you start realizing that I want God's best. There's a story of a prodigal son, and and, and the story of the prodigal son really spoke to me because he went and squandered all of his his, his inheritance. He squandered a, a good portion of his father's money, and the prodigal son finally snapped out of it while he was about to eat pig's food, and he says... I'm going to go back to my father's house. And when I go back to my father's house, what I'm going to do in my father's house is I'm going to become a servant in my father's house. I'm going to go back to my father's house. And because I'm so messed up, a lot of us have this kind of talk. Because I sinned, because I failed. When when I go back to the father's house, when I go back to God, I'll say, God, you can give me the barely holding on blessing. You didn't give me the blessing for the bad kid, but I don't deserve your best. 
That's what the prodigal son, he came with that attitude. He started the conversation. The father's hugging him, kissing him, and he's like, well, you know, dad, I don't deserve, you know, because can I just be one of your servants? The father didn't even listen to what he had to say. The father goes, bring him the best robe, which is a symbol of righteousness. He didn't even ask for forgiveness. And oh my God. And the father already put righteousness on him. Oh, I need someone to say, God, I believe I'm righteous, not because of my works. I'm righteous because of the blood. He puts his robe on him. What's the next thing? He puts his sandals on him. He's changing his walk. When you're righteous and you know you're righteous, then you start changing the way you And then what's the next thing the father puts on him? His signet ring. His signet ring is like his, his American Express black card. That means all access. Everything that I have belongs to you as well. Which is prosperity and wealth. So once he came to the revelation of being clean, God was able to release prosperity over him. I believe once you come to the revelation you're clean, you're going to have more money than you ever had before. I believe when you come to the revelation you're clean, wealth and riches will be in your house. Money will overtake you. The blessing of God will chase you down and you won't even have room in your house for the blessing that's about to come your way. I need some clean people to thank God for the money that's being released, for the wealth that's being released, for the inheritances that are being released, for the grace that's being released. I'm clean and therefore I can get everything God has for me. You're clean, you realize I can get everything God has. I, I was going to go over one more scripture here, but I'm not going to do it. Pa Pastor JR could have me back and... You see that shameless plug? Yeah, I'm coming back in Jesus' name. I, can I just tell you one story? I remember when my son, he was three years old. And um, when he was three, there was this... Um, they say that, that kids are bad at two years old. But there's a demon that comes at three. Right? Right? It's like a devil. You just have to, especially a boy. You got to break that, that devil's back, right? My son was a little annoying at three. And he's nice now. He's like so smart, so cool. But at three, yeah, we had beef all the time. Right, so he's three years old, and I'm like, man, this kid, he just starts acting up. I mean, he starts doing all this stuff, and so I have to discipline him, right? I'm like, bro, this is, but I, I didn't say it like that. I yelled at him. He starts crying, dad, why are you yelling at me? Uh, he's very sensitive. Oh, why are you yelling? I said, bro, go, just get out of here, okay? Stop crying. <laughs> Lord, the Lord has worked on me, okay? It's three years ago. So he goes, and I see him in the kitchen. He's trying to open up the fridge. He's trying to pour a drink. I'm like, bro, what's going on? He goes, you're mad at me. So I feel like I have to do all this by myself. 
Now he's smart. He said, I feel like I got to do this myself because I didn't want to bother you because you were upset at me. And this is what I said to him. I said, I said, even if I correct you, I'm never mad at you. I said, even if I correct you, I love you enough to do anything you need me to do because you're my son. There's a father who loves you like that. Even though he has to correct you sometimes, he corrects you just to bring you into your purpose. Because some of you think what you're going through is punishment. It's not punishment. It's pruning so that you can produce more fruit. Uh, You feel like God's mad at you. He's punishing you. And God's like, no, no, I'm not mad at you. The reason why I correct you is because I only correct those who I love. correcting you because I'm angry at you because I don't believe in you because I don't believe that you're going to be using this greatness all over you no 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 it's because I got a destiny for you and I want to see you walk in your purpose I looked at him I said don't you ever try to do anything that you can't do that you need me to do for you by yourself I said I got you that's why I'm here he's like okay dad all right are you mad no I'm not mad Let me tell you, when you ask the father if he's mad, he's not mad. Eternally, his anger and his wrath was subsided on the cross. Eternally, when he looks at you, he doesn't see dirty. He doesn't see sinner. He doesn't see failure. When he looks at you, eternally, he sees clean, washed. As Jesus was, so are you in this earth. You are Fully, 100% righteous and clean because of the blood of Jesus. Woo, my God. All right, can I get to my last point? They, oh, they told me I have seven minutes. I preached for way too long. Here's my last point. And I want to go back to the text because I won't be a good contextual preacher if I don't go back to the text that I preach. And you guys will be like, he read this text and he never went back to it. No, I'm going back because I'm going to be a good contextual preacher. That's my last point. Watch your mouth. That's literally my last point. Like, I was waiting for something. No, watch your mouth. That's my last point. Watch your mouth. All right, can we go back to the story? So Peter, he's... um, He's hungry, he falls asleep, he goes into a trance, and there's a sheet that opens up in front of him. And there's all these unclean animals according to the law. All these unclean animals according to the law right in front of Peter. All this uncleanness right in front of Peter. And God tells him, kill and eat. Peter goes, no, I can't. I never ate anything unclean before. Come on, church. I never ate anything unclean before. The vision happens three times. Finally, before that, God said something to Peter that was so interesting. He said, Peter, don't call unclean. Basically, watch your mouth, Peter. And stop putting a judgment on something that I didn't judge. Come into alignment with my judgment about you. My judgment about you is that you're clean, so stop calling yourself unclean. And in this context, God was basically talking about the Gentiles. 
So he was looking at other people who Peter was deeming as unclean and was saying, get your mouth off other believers. All right, I ain't gonna get no help. Some of y'all are experts at talking about how everyone else is messy. Everyone else don't have it together. Everyone else is a failure. God says, get your mouth off them because I cleaned them. All right, I knew I was going to get no help right there. Don't let anyone tell you you aren't clean. I remember my goddaughter, I, I would always do this when she was young. I will call her a pumpkin head and a vegetable head. And she used to hate it. I'm not a pumpkin head. I'm not a vegetable head. I'm not a pumpkin. I said, you're a pumpkin head. You're a vegetable head. She said, I'm not a pumpkin head. I'm not a vegetable I said, you're a pumpkin head and a vegetable head. She gets so angry. She want to fight me. I'd be like, yeah, fight me then, homie. Because, you know, I'm still kind of thug. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> but she gets so angry. Finally, she, got, she grew up. She got a little older. One day I was like, yo, you're a pumpkin head, you're a vegetable head. She's like, no, I'm not. Then I kept saying it. I was trying to provoke her. She's like, she looked over. She said, dad. Her, her, her dad was right there. She said, dad, am I a pumpkin head and vegetable head? Her dad was like, nah. He's like, I told you. My father said... <laughs> I was never able to use that attack again. There's some attacks that are about to expire in this season. There's some stuff the devil said about you and whispered about you and spoke over your destiny and he won't be able to use that attack in this season because you're about to go to your father and say, am I a vegetable head? Am I a pumpkin head? Am I broke? No, I'm not broke. Jesus Christ became poor so that through his poverty I may be rich. Am I depressed? No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I need about three people who's going to go to the father when all hell breaks loose in your life and the father's going to whisper back I'm with you I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you hallelujah to the left you're not dirty you're clean two more things and we'll go when there was a leper the leper had to scream from a distance in that culture unclean unclean so that everyone knew that they were dirty unclean Un unclean and everyone would mark them yeah that person's not clean I remember having a baby out of wedlock six years ago and since that moment that happened for like three four years Every time people came around me, I'm unclean. All right, this is my testimony. I don't know about anyone else. But I always, I'm, I'm unclean, God. And everyone else who came around me, you see, look, this is, look, look, look. I'm unclean. Look at this mistake I made. Unclean. And I'm screaming out unclean to everyone. I'm telling everyone, look, look at my mistake. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. And then the Holy Spirit said, don't call. Unclean. What I've called. I know some of y'all looking at some areas in your life. You're like, I messed up here, I messed up there. I already made you clean. I already washed you. I don't see you as unclean. I see you as redeemed. 
I see you as whole. I see you as healed. I see you as a saint. I see you as my loved bride. I see you not as unclean. Stop screaming out to the world, unclean, unclean. When the world comes to you, I say, I'm clean. Instead of unclean, say, I'm clean. For a whole generation, I'm unclean. Look at my mistakes. No. Jesus cleansed me and I'm 100% clean. Here's my last point at 30 seconds. Can I, take, can I take a minute and a half? Is that okay? Okay. You have to ask the man of God. Look at this. So Peter, can I finish the story? Peter gets this gets this of uh, uh, um, vision. And after the vision, the Lord speaks to Peter and says, three men are coming. I want you to go with them. Wherever, and Peter doesn't even know where they're taking him. Peter decides to go with them because the Lord told him. And Peter ends up at Cornelius' house. Cornelius is someone who's a non-Jew. He was someone who was considered unclean. Right? This was the type of people that Peter looked and said, you're not clean, you're dirty. So he ends up in this unclean man's house. And he goes, I know why God gave me those visions. Everything started making sense at that moment. I know why God showed me this. It's because he wants me to preach to you guys. So he's preaching to them, he's preaching to them. And there's a text. This thing blew my mind. This thing blew my mind. Acts chapter 10. I want you to look at this. This thing right here, and, and I'm done after this. Acts chapter 10. I want you to look at this verse right here. So Peter's preaching a sermon. He's, I mean, he's preaching. He's preaching his heart out. And in verse 43, this is the verse that changes everything. Because Peter sees them as unclean, but in this verse, he changes up his old language about them. When you change up your language, you're going to make room for God to move. Look at this. Verse 43, this is what it says. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive the remissions of sin. Basically, what he was saying is, if you accept Jesus, he will make you. Look at what the next verse says. Verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, what words were he speaking? Which words were he speaking? Which words? That they're clean. As he was speaking the words that they were clean, what's the next thing that happened? The Holy Spirit fell apart. I feel something. God told me the reason why the body has not experienced the Holy Spirit at another dimension is because we've stopped the preaching of letting people know that they're clean. Peter didn't even get to finish the sermon. As soon as he got to the point, you're clean. The Holy Spirit came and rushed in the room. I believe that if you just come to the revelation, you're clean. The Holy Spirit is going to move in you like he never moved in you before. You're going to start seeing signs and wonders and miracles. You're going to start seeing the glory of God. Someone shout, I'm clean. I want you to shout it with everything inside of you. Say, I'm clean. Say it one more time and then give God a praise that you're clean. 
this concludes another life-changing teaching from Hungry for God Church. For social media updates and more teachings from our pastors and leaders, please visit our site, h4gchurch.com.